Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. This is one of the most controversial and maybe misunderstood elements of, uh, of city politics, and it's uh, the idea of uh, conflict of interest. Well, it was dealt with the other day at the Hamilton Governance Review Subcommittee, and uh, they've agreed to get rid of a section of the city's code of conduct which required councillors to disclose non-pecuniary interest at meetings. What does all this mean? What are the implications? Uh, we welcome to the program George Rustay, who is, of course, the city's integrity commissioner. Uh, Mr. Rustay, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you with us today. Yes, good morning, Mr. Kelly. Good to talk to you. Great to have you with us here. This is a phrase that gets thrown around often in politics. Conflict of interest, conflict of interest. I'm not so sure if even some of the councillors fully understand exactly what's going on. Maybe explain to us what recommendation you brought forward and why. Well, sir, the uh, code of conduct of the city of Hamilton at the present time includes a a section which requires members of council to disclose what are, what are called non-pecuniary interests. They have in a matter uh, being dealt with by the council or, or a local board or committee. And uh, I recommended to the council, and it was dealt with the other day at the uh, governance subcommittee, uh, that they remove that section. It's a, uh, a, a very vague section. It uh, puts the councillors in, in a bit of a, a shadow uh, because it requires reporting um, of their so-called pecuniary interest, which is not well-defined, and uh, still allows them to participate in the consideration at, at councillor committee. Of, a, of the matter in which they have the so-called pecu- uh, non-pecuniary interest. And to me, it's a, uh, a confusing and, and vague provision, and it's an undue incursion on the privacy of counselors. It casts a, a shadow, because you, you have a situation where a counselor declares a so-called interest and then uh, participates in the matter in any event, uh, as counselors, of course, are required to do when they're in attendance at counselor or committee. And it, uh, I, I think it's in conflict with the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act, which sets out tests of uh, conflict of interest uh, in, in pecuniary matters or, or financial matters. And uh, to me, it just goes too far, and it uh, deals with a matter which really is, uh, should not be in the code of conduct of, of city council itself. It's, uh, maybe if we can separate the two for a second for, uh, for the sake of our listeners. Uh, when you're dealing with pecuniary matters or p- potential uh, conflict of interest in there, that's, I guess, essentially that the councillor may or may not uh, have some financial gain if they voted in favor of a certain project. I, I know maybe they have shares in such a company that's uh, bidding for a contract or something like that. In other words, they would benefit financially from it if they were to cast a vote on that. Is that, That's that generally it, right? Lose, yes. All right, and that's been in play for quite some time. Well, that, that's under the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act, which, yeah. of course, is a provincial statute and requires uh, not only declaration of the uh, conflict or, or of the interest, but also uh, non-participation or voting in the matter. And they would simply separate themselves from voting and from the debate on what, whatever that matter is. But yeah. whose who's responsibility is it, George, to actually make that determination? Is it the individual councillor, or is it somebody else that would make that evaluation? It's up to the individual councillor. Uh, it's, it's within the discretion of the individual member of council who, who has his or her own powers and responsibilities under the Municipal Act and under the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act. 
and members of council are, are quite familiar with the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act dealing with financial interests. Mm-hmm. And that's interest, direct or indirect. Uh, it includes attributed interests. There, there are certain interests of, uh, of other persons uh, which are attributed to the, to the councillor. Uh, whereas the code of conduct provision that I recommended be removed, and, and that was adopted by the subcommittee, uh, deals with kind of a vague thing called a, a non-pecuniary, non-pecuniary interest, which is not really defined. It, it, it goes on to cite examples, but that is, to me, not properly drafted. Uh, you don't have a provision that uh, that defines something by, by citing examples of it. You define it. Uh, counselors have a, a right to, to know what uh, requirements are imposed upon them and when they can vote and when they can't vote and when they can... Uh, participate in a matter or not. And uh, this code of conduct provision uh, uh, really confused that. And it's a confusing provision. And in my role as integrity commissioner, I've got to enforce the the code of conduct, or at least make recommendations to the council with respect to its enforcement of its code of conduct. And I don't think this is a provision that should be in there. But you've been around a couple of years. Why did you bring it to their attention now? Is it something you just recently came across? Uh, yes, uh, it's something I, I recently, I, I went through the Code of Conduct to uh, just, you know, consider its uh, its validity and, and its enforceability, and I came across this provision, I, and I thought, well, I don't know why it was put in in the first place, but I don't think it should be there, and uh, it needs to be removed in its entirety. Council can review uh, what provisions it wants in its Code of Conduct, and I suggested that uh, council review this one and, and remove it. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.